that's the other key thing that I think is essential to every conversation is you got to give value. I'm sure there's some marketing term for it, but I call it give to get. You got to give value in order to get whatever you want. Welcome to Secret Sauce for Success, show number 17. Hi, everybody. You have tuned in to the Secret Sauce for Success show, where we strive to find the secret ingredients that lead to success. We interview successful guests every week and learn their secret to their success. We sincerely hope you implement these habits into your life and become the best you that you can be. Enjoy the show. What's going on, everybody? It's Rick Stahl, host of the Secret Sauce for Success show, live from beautiful Colorado here with my co-host, Doug Kierstein. What's going on, Doug? Hey, Rick. Good to be with you tonight. It's a busy weeks and busy time. It's always good to, to get together and talk about success and investment in real estate to get us where we want to go in life. That's right. Guy we're interviewing today, Dave Grimm, he is successful. He is indeed. Dave's an interesting guy. There's, he's doing a lot of different stuff and he's excited about all of it. And I love that about him because, uh, you know, it's not everybody who's excited to get up in the morning and get to work and get to doing the things that they're doing. Yeah. Very interesting man. Yeah. I was really uh, impressed with the, the LinkedIn search engine or the, how he uses it to generate leads. And right. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, me too. I'm still not convinced that the guy doesn't have a degree in psychology, but he says he doesn't. So I guess we'll believe it. But it sounds like a psychology thing to me. <laughs> hey, do you got a quote of the week for us today, Doug? I do. You know, I was thinking about Dave and I was thinking about what it means to be a success. And I found this quote by Bob Dylan, uh, which is interesting because uh, you, as you know, I'm a musician. I don't know that I've mentioned much of that, but uh, anyway, love to play the guitar. This happens to be from Bob Dylan, a very well-known guitar player. He says, what's money? A man is a success if he gets up in the morning and goes to bed at night and in between does what he wants to do. And that is Dave, right? Yeah. In the morning, yeah. goes to bed at night and in the middle of all that, yeah, he's working, he's making money, but he's doing what he wants to do. And real success and happiness comes from spending your time on the things that make you happy. Yeah, very good. All right, without further ado, let's get to the interview with Dave Grimm. Sounds great. Today, we have a special guest with us, Dave Grimm. Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Dave, glad you're able to be with us. It's just an amazing world. My girlfriend keeps saying, pick a lane, and I'm sitting there going, as much as that might reduce stress, it's not nearly as much fun. So always keeps life interesting when you have a, a few things that you're working on. It sure does. So... Speaking of that, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you're working on? As it pertains to real estate, uh, I spent 14 years in the mortgage business, did around 3,500 loans. That business left me in 2011. I was blessed in as much as I survived 2008 and lasted all the way into 2011. After that, I was, I, I was an insurance agent for a little while. And then I was recruited to raise capital for a real estate syndication outfit and discovered very quickly I had a knack for raising capital, had a lot of fun at it, graduated into a leadership role in that company, uh, overseeing uh, production, marketing, compliance, just a few of the hats that I wore, especially infrastructure, which applies now. Eventually, that uh, had a little bit of a stress issue associated with that. So I stepped down from that position in 19, and, uh, hung out my shingle in the digital world, built end-to-end uh, -end results, originally hung out my shingle as an SEO guy, 
and then uh, quickly decided that lead generation was the result of SEO. So why not go do uh, what I did? So I dusted off the infrastructure ideas I had from the real estate syndication outfit, modernized them, automated them, and moved them into uh, late 2019 and 2020. I was blessed with a series of about 15 campaigns that allowed me to each individually advance the system and, until it reached the height of its success early this year, only to be dealt a curveball from LinkedIn in the form of their algorithm change. Uh, now we're inventing a new system. That's uh, what, about 1999 through now. There you go. All right. Perfect. <laughs> Doug, he was doing mortgage lending and uh, right? Yeah. In fact, that's where I got my start in financial services was in the mortgage business. And I actually sell insurance now. So <laughs> kind of uh, following in your footsteps, as it were. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I loved every bit of what I did with insurance, but I sure don't think it was a good suit for me. I, I loved working with people and I was very well suited for the business after that long in mortgage. But when I got into uh, real estate, it was a real eye-opener. I was blessed with just a, a, an awesome CEO to work with and a great team through every iteration and evolution. And I'm talking in the entrepreneurial world, we had one about every six weeks. It was just a wild ride, one that I wouldn't trade for anything. So, you know, insurance is a fabulous foundation and it carried me through that first year in, in the major entrepreneurial aspect of it with the uh, with the syndication. I wouldn't trade it for anything, but I love this world where I'm in right now, where it's nothing but creativity and problem solving and design and, you know, being able to go out and, and build something unique. So I'm having an absolute blast these days. Right. That's great. What kind of insurance did you sell? Were you property and casualty, life, health? What, what were your... Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. All of the above. Check, check, check. <laughs> I, I, I took the plunge the whole way on that. I did that. Even at one point, I was looking at my Series 82, almost did my 6 and 63, uh, stopped just shy of that, but did go life, health, property, casualty, was opening doors, primarily starting in the commercial world at that point. And it was kind of funny because I had just discovered that one of our carriers had a knack in uh, multifamily. I ended up insuring a few multifamilies right before I got into syndication for multifamily. It was kind of a, a really nifty lead-in to being in that world and, you know, give me some my ideas on mitigating risk and, and keeping a, a good handle on uh, on the infrastructure that we were building at the time. Oh, did you seek out the, the syndication and the real estate piece as just part of a, a kind of an entrepreneurial attitude that you have, or did somebody come to you with that? They came to me. Uh, it was an old friend that I'd worked with years ago. We'd worked in uh, a phone room. If you know Glenn, Gary, Glenn Ross, did you get the good leads? Who knows? You, you never know that kind of stuff. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it was a crazy, crazy environment, but we got to be really good friends at the time. He and I tried a couple other entrepreneurial projects along the way. And a few years later, he resurfaced. He's like, here's what I'm doing. And here, here's where it's at. And I need your skill sets for this. And I was like, I just figured out commercial insurance. I just got this thing going. He's like, well, here's what we're doing. And two weeks later, I was in Denver. And two days later, somebody said, yeah, I'll put 50000 on that. I said, okay, I'm in a new world here. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, so that had to be a giant step, right? I mean, you had all the foundation stuff, right? Through the, 
the mortgage lending and the insurance. You kind of saw all around it, but now you jump into syndication. I mean, how, how hard was it? What uh, Can you tell us about that first one? I don't know how hard. Our company bit off one heck of a deal on the first deal. I, I mean, it, 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 I, I'm, I'm blessed and we were cursed at the same time because we had to solve virtually every problem you can imagine. And again, we had great leadership. Uh, we had a great core team that was very effective towards that. I will tell you, anybody who even remotely considers multifamily in a serious manner, and I'm talking 50 to 100 doors or more, we were primarily mid-cap, 8, 10, 14, $15 million acquisitions. You got to have a good core team. That was absolutely uh, huge for us. You know, we had, we had good leadership. We had good vision. We had uh, an awesome cross-section of problem-solving skills. We had an awesome cross-section of uh, entrepreneurial skills. And we dubbed ourselves Go For It Company. You know, if there was a challenge, uh, we, we, after that first deal, we just got to the point of saying, you know what, we're going to solve that challenge because no one else can. We created a real go for it environment. Now, uh, in multifamily, I don't know if you know it or not, you don't have to go looking for challenges. Yeah. <laughs> They're ample. Yeah. <laughs> They're absolutely ample. So what was your but role it, at, in, in the syndication? Were you the I, uh, I eventually became uh, head of production. I never got into titles, but when, when did the CEO calls me and she's like, well, we need you to be able to be on this form here. And in order to be on this form, you have to have a title. So after that, it was SVP. Before that, it was director. Other than that, it was capital raiser. They tried to put a job title, but at the end of the day, it really worked very well. When you're in charge of building the digital infrastructure, you're contracting out, you're closing money in the door, you're reading through legal compliance documents, and then you're still part of this team you know, dealing with the active curveballs, it really makes for a dynamic environment. So uh, we were blessed. We had a team most of, you know, any given scenario, it was like step up and get it done. I did all of them. Yeah. How did you raise your money? I mean, was it Facebook? Was it email? uh, You know, it actually started with LinkedIn. I shouldn't say that. It started with, you know, hey, Bob, we're, we're putting a deal together and we got a new company. And then after that, I built the system that generated the most leads for us on LinkedIn. And that was the predecessor to the system that I use now with my digital marketing agency. And one of the things you learn in in syndication is there is a huge lead time in people finding you to when they pick up the phone and call you. On the average, it was six months. On our best day, the average marketing campaign dropped that down to about 10 weeks. But the majority of the time, that number was somewhere between six and eight months. And it makes it really challenging to build a marketing system and find out how effective it is. Because I would build this marketing system. I'm like, you know, this should be working. Everything here, it should be this. You know, I know, you know, we got the right contacts. We got the right information, but it just wasn't happening. And sure enough, five, six months later, here comes eight or 10 accredited investors ready to go. I'm like, how'd you find out about us? She's like, oh, this was the case. And I'm like, I did that six months ago. <laughs> There's a fellow that I work with. I'm in financial services, right? And he's a, the, one of the main fund managers at Voya, right? He's one of the higher up guys. And he always, his thing is, I'm always right. My timing though, sometimes is off, right? Just maybe a little earlier, a little late. So it sounds to me like you're that guy, right? It was, it was working. It just maybe took a little longer than you had anticipated. 
It did. But again, with biting off the more difficult deals on day one, full gut rehab. Oh, guess what? Now we got in-ground work that we got to do. Oh, guess what? Now we got asbestos. Yeah. I mean, just one thing after another on that deal. But biting off a deal like that and having the great leadership made it possible to really evolve in that industry. How many unit building was it? That one was, I want to say 315. It was either 315 or 335. And it might have been 335, but we lost a building on day one, which, you know, 20 buildings on 20 acres is what it was. Wow. So, I mean, that's a pretty good sized project. Again, it had its own curveballs. It had its own life the whole way through the project. But it really set the foundation for all the grunt work that was necessary to systemize and articulate a future path with the company. And that made all the difference in the world. So fast forward, 2019, uh, I stepped down from that role. I I was having some health issues and they were directly related to stress. Naturally, I went out and started a couple of companies. I don't know about the logic of that, but it's kind of the way it works. And some friends of mine here locally in Phoenix, you know, who knew what I was doing, had asked me to be a part of their investment group and facilitate their multifamily investment mastermind each week. I no longer had the conflict of interest, sat down with the leadership of the group, and I said, hey, guys, I only did this little narrow part, and they're like, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You know, I was like, okay, fine. So here I am a year and a half later with that group and we're running across some really cool deals. We've built the group from, I think we were about 300 when I started over 700, thanks to COVID. Uh, We've gone from local to national. We've got meetings six days a week. We got support, a ton of resources for anyone in virtually any aspect of real estate that if you're active in the group and you're communicating and building relationships, and that's a common theme through every business I've ever had is building relationships. If you're building those relationships and you're active in the group with some visibility, the group is literally a one-stop shop, whether it's funding, deal flow, partnerships, door knocking opportunities, every aspect of, hey, I'm just getting started. Fine, let's get you started on some door knocking. Go learn how to do things. All the way up to what I affectionately refer to as my group, the multifamily. If you start in multifamily, it's kind of a crazier place to start. So for this mastermind, can Doug and I join and when do you meet? How, How do we... You know what? You guys are welcome to uh, attend a couple of guest events, find out if the communities to your suiting. This is exactly how we operate. There's no pressure. What I would suggest is on Tuesday nights, we have deal night and then Saturday mornings, we have property tours. Uh, I would suggest those as your first events. And if you like how the group operates, how they present, then I'll invite you to a, a Wednesday night group and, and you can learn more. Wow, you got a lot going on there. Even with all the leadership in the group, six days a week, there's always something going on with this group. So you can always dive back in. Like right now, for example, you know, tonight's mastermind is called Time, Money, Freedom. It's very exciting, led by an amazing friend of mine. And it's all about getting your head in the right space to be successful. You know, just an amazing progression that's available. Everything from, you know, hey, let's get you started door knocking all the way up through you know, how do you park your IRA safely so that you can invest with it? Right. And this mastermind, is it associated with 
yeah who 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 drives it is, is it a, just a local real estate meetup or what, what it, it's it? called alliance phoenix you guys are certainly invited i'd love to have you as a guest you know see, see what you guys think we got a deal in florida that is hopefully going to help naval aviators find a place to live while they're getting trained i'm reviewing a deal right now you know maybe purchasing a small city and converting that to a, an educational destination uh, we just shot down a land deal in Northern California because uh, there was some miscommunication on the numbers. You name it. I was talking with uh, one of the guys earlier on the email. He's got an eight unit in Georgia that we're going to present this Wednesday. You know, there's always something in the way of learning and moving forward and partnership opportunities or consulting opportunities or, you know, just taking somebody who's wildly excited and giving them the tools they need to be successful, you know, sometimes a little at a time and sometimes you throw them in the deep end. Yeah, very good. Sounds exciting. Excellent. It's very exciting. It's absolutely one of my three favorite things to do when it comes to business. Absolutely uh, a blast with that. And that's, that's all part of that mastermind? That's all part of our real estate community. We have seven or eight masterminds total. You can always reach out to me, davegrim11 at gmail.com. Ask to learn more. Hop on a quick Zoom, we'll chat about it, or I'll just invite you to a couple of events and see what you like. And are most of those deals around Phoenix? You know, it started off that way, but in COVID, we ended up going national and now they're all over the place. Huh. So for these deals, are you looking for accredited investors? Well, for those deals, they're within the group. Again, we, we are, we're a nucleus of the communities. If someone needs to go outside of the group, we can help with that. But 70, 80% of the time, the deal, you know, originates, operates, funds, and closes within the confines of the community. We've built such a tight community that uh, it just becomes incredibly effective to be a part of it. That That's also why there's no pressure to be a part of the community. We don't have like an outside advisors coming in, you know, because they're like, oh, I'm just going to go get business in the community. And then they never participate. This is of by and for investors, it's been attracting some really amazing people. Interesting. Very good. Can we go back to your time when you were syndicating deals? What did you really learn there? You were syndicating deals. You're just learning all the nuts and bolts of syndicating. And I think that you said that uh, you had a knack for raising money. And can you tell us a little bit about some of the other syndications that you were doing? I can tell you that getting a denial two weeks before closing on a $14 million deal from Freddie Mac was a real eye-opener. <laughs> uh, we did turn around and close that a few weeks later. But again, go for it company, problem solving. And that one came down to the CEO building relationships. So again, build relationships, build relationships. Real estate done properly and successfully is a relationship business. Let's take a break and hear a word from our sponsor. Here at Stahl Realty, you are number one. I'm a realtor with HomeSmart, and my job is to make sure you are satisfied. Here is what one satisfied client of Stahl Realty had to say. Rick Stahl was an awesome asset in helping our family find a home that checks all our boxes. He is patient and committed. I would recommend calling upon his services. One of my favorite mottos is making milestones memorable. Buying or selling a house can be overwhelming, but with my guidance and expertise, I can make this process as smooth as possible. I can be reached via email at stylerealty at gmail.com or text, call me at 
I look forward to hearing from you. And now back to our show. Can you tell us a little bit more about your lead generation using LinkedIn? When I was doing the syndication, we hit on a format called Avatar. Uh, Digital Marketer teaches it. It's very common. You Google it, it'll come right up. Most of the time, an avatar is simply a client persona. It is the primary characteristics of a client that drives them to make a decision in your direction. So when I first hung my shingle out as lead generation, instead of going an inch wide and a mile deep on avatar, I went a mile wide and a mile deep and ended up creating avatars that were demographic, uh, psychological, neurological, personality-based. And then I married that to a what at the time was a five-step and eventually became a six-step Google SEO process. We would have all these engagement characteristics of the perfect client. And then we would marry that to a search process. And then we would match that up to LinkedIn, use their engine to find the traffic. And LinkedIn became our primary traffic driver. I'll give you a perfect example. A client came in the door. He's in the financial services industry. Doug, you can probably relate to this. Who's your perfect client? He's like anyone over 50. Anyone over 50 that makes 200,000 a year. Anyone over 50 that makes 100,000 a year. Anyone in those environments. I'm like, so who's your perfect client? And he keeps coming back with this insurance business generalistic term of who the perfect client is. God bless him. I love working with him. He's an absolute treat. I went and interviewed, I think it was six that might have been eight of his favorite clients, not just the ones that made the top money, but his favorite clients, the ones he enjoyed working with, the ones he built relationships with. I may have mentioned that as a key factor before. And in this, I put him through a neurological battery and I put him through a personality battery And I matched it up to him as a control subject and said, okay, you have this in common, you have this in common. And by the way, in your demographic study, your perfect client is a woman who's over 49 and a half who became an empty nester two weeks ago. And in the course of doing this, we created a, a lead generation program that drove women in second career over certain age into his funnel. And he discovered he liked working with him so much, he went and built a podcast around successful women. Interesting. It's that level of granularity that set us apart because whether or not you ever used me for lead generation, I could take and do those interviews and say, okay, are you going into the right market? Are you building the right team? Are you analyzing this to the nth degree so that you know you're making a good business decision? And that became the foundation for the lead generation business. And about 12 iterations later, we finally got everything married up and generating proper traffic with proper conversion. And I had a lot of great support along the way with clients that needed one part or another part of the system or enlightened me to the part of a system that might be missing. Case in point, one of the big challenges with LinkedIn is if you're generating 100 conversations a week, keeping up with them. We added a group in our company called HCS, Human Conversion Specialist. This group was in charge of answering all the messages, pretending to be that profile and making sure that they had the proper engagement, training, 
uh, education necessary to move towards an appointment or whatever was necessary. That was born out of working with another real estate group where we generated an exceptional amount of leads, but we didn't have HCS at the time. They just couldn't handle them. And it became a, a learning experience at that point. Just hats off, you know, one, one, one evolution to the next evolution to the next evolution. And then it became a, er, earlier this year, it really hit maturity. I'm very happy with that part. Thank you, LinkedIn, for dealing me a major curveball after I figured things out. But at the same time, thank you, LinkedIn, for giving me an opportunity that's likely to put 80% of the lead generation companies out of business. This is, yeah, that's interesting. The whole, the 12 versions. Can you talk about any of those, any interesting evolution steps along the way? HCS was by far the biggest evolution. Okay. Nuance targeting. That was probably the, the other one. It's not enough to target a job title. You have to target a job title. You've got a keyword, what you're dealing with. That's part of the avatars that we build is setting up a keyword string, setting up hooks that are emotionally driven and able to stop someone in their tracks and give you that six seconds. Writing profiles. Actually, I built a class that I have yet to fully implement called LinkedIn Profile Masterclass. And it was all about building a profile that would attract people, you know, not just keywording it, but you've got two characteristics of LinkedIn profiles that are essential for success. There's the six second rule. And the four things they see in the six seconds are your profile picture, your banner, your title headline, and the first three lines of your about section. Do the first three lines of your about section actually speak in the language that your avatar wants to hear to them? You don't go talk life insurance to a collector car guy, right? Okay. You don't try to relate to them in that manner. You meet them where they are and, and you see what's there. You don't have to know a ton about it. Google it before you show up. And then through the course of the hook and a good profile, proper engagement sequences, all of which take time to write and develop and refine, you end up talking to the right people because you're speaking their language. You're meeting them where they are. If you're thinking about buying an F-150, all of a sudden you start seeing F-150s, right? It moves from your subconscious to your conscious mind. Well, avatar lead generation is no different. It's how do you move that from your subconscious to your conscious? And once you're engaging those people and meeting them where they are, you end up with a very successful, potentially profitable reliance. When I was in the syndication world, we had an 85% reinvestment rate. We had that for two reasons. One, we built relationships. Hmm, may have mentioned that. Two, we had an awesome product. But you can have one without the other and do well. But if you have both, that cost of acquisition goes down in a huge way. And again, Doug, I'll relate it to the insurance business. If you go out and sell someone on car insurance, you can go back and sell them life insurance pretty easily. Right. Vice versa. If you got a marketing program for life insurance, you can back into their property casualty pretty easily. Right. But if you don't sell them on something, backing into the other one's pretty hard. Right. So you got to have that product and you've got to have the relationship. And when you marry those two together and you, and you have an intimate understanding of those clients, you end up in a great scenario. So because of that, ended up doing uh, legal services, medical services, financial services, investment services. Those were our best success cases. Wow. So, is it based more in like a psychology 
kind of background or is it a business and marketing kind of background? Where does this all come from? I'm a business guy, right? I have a business background and finance background. But that kind of thing, talking about how big these avatars became, just really is, is intimidating to me. I don't, I wouldn't even know where to start with that, right? So where does that come from? A lot of it was self-taught, to be honest with you. I've got a year of college in trade school. It has nothing to do with anything I do now. From the time I was 23 until I was 27, I had a phone room, 100 calls a day, 10 conversations. Mm -hmm. And in the course of that, you pick up things. And it got to the point where I had such an ear that I was so comfortable with my ear that my visual closing skills became nil. I actually left that and tried my skills in outside sales and I failed miserably because I just, I, I was always listening to the inflections and the tones and, and what was there. And I was missing verbal cues like crazy. Again, it comes back to relationships, taking someone's company, their baby, their livelihood, and converting that to a longer term relationship is more where I'm at now. Let's say Doug and I have a company and we need to come to you for some uh, lead generation, right? So we call you up, you interview us, you interview what we want, what the product does, and you set up a avatar kind of LinkedIn lead generation system for us. Mm -hmm. So that's what any listener Anybody would want to do, right? They, that's that's what you offer as your services. That's primarily what I offer right now. You really need to have a lifetime value of a client that's over $2,500 in order to engage my services. In that environment, I can be very beneficial. If you're selling $100 widgets or, or whatever, my services are not appropriate for that. Oh, okay. um, you need to be in those higher dollar fields with higher dollar sales, require relationships to be successful. If you want to go sell $100 widgets, hey, Amazon and Walmart are open all day long. Honestly, if you come to me, uh, I'll probably spend 70% of my time talking you out of using it because there's so many other simple things that you can do. And if you come back over and over again and say, okay, you know, I tried that, it didn't work, or I need different results than what that's going to do, or I don't have the time for that. You know, then we get through a process of, yeah, you, you, you know, you're a good fit at that point. And along the way, you pick up a few things that work for you and maybe decide to move along. And we part friends because, you know, at the end of the day, I gave value. That's the other key thing that I think is essential to every conversation is you got to give value. I'm sure there's some marketing term for it, but I call it give to get. You got to give value in order to get whatever you want. So if I give you value by spending half an hour, 35 minutes uh, going over the four things that LinkedIn are going to, that are going to give you connections at the end of the day, you did good. I don't care whether you're selling something for a hundred dollars or selling something for 10,000. I'm going to walk out of that conversation with my head held high, knowing that I did something right. At the end of the day, that's how you get repeat business. Right. You, your job is to help them get to where they want to go. Exactly. You know, and I've got one lane on a very wide digital highway. I like archery. I like uh, messing around in the garage. I like woodwork. Uh, you'll find, you know, pretty much everything either has a meticulous aspect or a creative aspect. When I'm in that world, I can exist for days at a time without coming up for air. 
whether I'm sitting in front of a lathe or a milling machine, a six screen computer rig, you know, it becomes a creative endeavor and I will get lost in that so fast that it'll make your head spin. And at the end of the day, if you can come up with a way to solve a problem and do something a little unique, then hey, we'll leave something behind. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm a, actually a creative person as well. I, I kind of do the same kinds of things. You and I have a lot in common, actually. Uh, I'm a woodworker as well, but uh, my creative, real creative outlet is I'm an improvisational kinist. I can do the same thing. I can sit down and, and I think, okay, I've been down here for 20 minutes. Oh, two hours. Yeah, I, I totally understand. What other things do you like to do? Obviously, you're a man of many faces and many interests. Do you like to read a lot? Do you like to have podcasts or even movies or musicians, people that you enjoy? What do you? What are the things you like to do? Yes, I like to read when I have the time. I haven't come up for air on reading very much lately. My most recent books, I attempted to buy leisure reading books. The most recent ones I got were uh, a Caveman Chemistry which is basically how to put organic materials together the way they did before all the modern chemistry. It's kind of a fun read, a, a little hard read. I think it was written, I don't know, maybe Shakespeare's cousin wrote it or something. It's kind of worded funny. Right. Um, lately, I've been looking at Ken Honda on Money Mindset. He's pretty interesting. He's got the very Japanese arigato technique for money. I've been just toying with that the last few days, having a good time with it. Lately, I've gotten into YouTube, especially as far as the woodworking goes, kind of playing around with the idea of uh, maybe making handgun grips, messing around with that, hmm. seeing what I can do. Farmhouse furniture seems to be popular right now. That's way up my skill set. We'll see where it goes. I'm excited to be doing a little uh, creative thing for a friend of mine that's going to have a kid. And then other than that, I have my uh, my significant other. She's also in the entrepreneurial space. And we have our two dogs. That covers a pretty good chunk of my life right there. I did recently learn the term NPV, net present value, as it applies to investing my time in various locations. Mm -hmm. Not so much as it, as it applies to deciding which project <clears throat> you invest in, but if you have a capital investment of dollars, NPV can also apply to all the four currencies in life, time being one of them. Where mm -hmm. are you going to spend your time and get the most values? That seems to be a, uh, a moving target. Yeah, we only have so much time, so you got to spend it wisely, right? Exactly. All right. So speaking of that, I think we're about the end of the interview. Uh, where can listeners get a hold of you, Dave? A best way to get a hold of me is email Dave Grimm with two M's, 11, the number at gmail.com. That's my personal email. I do get 150 to 200 emails a day. So I've got a standing rule that says, if I haven't returned your email in 24 hours or so, working hours, don't email me on a Saturday afternoon, expect me to answer on Sunday. But if you haven't answered your email in a day or so, please send an additional email. It's simply a volume issue. You never know what went into spam. You know, I'm always up for a, a glass of matcha or uh, a good conversations. Excellent. But it's D-A-V-E. G-R-I-M-M-11 at gmail.com. Very good. Good. All right. Well, thank you so much, Dave, for sharing your story and telling us what you're up to. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. I'll definitely introduce you to a couple other people you might have fun interviewing, too. Great. Yeah. 
Yeah, we appreciate it. It's been great having you on. Great to uh, get to know you. Hopefully we'll develop, um, what is that, relationship maybe with you would be nice, right? <laughs> Never heard of that term before. <laughs> That's right. I got it written down here. It's a star <laughs> circled. I, I don't know. I'll go back and review my notes. <laughs> good stuff, guys. Good stuff. Uh, thanks, Dave. Well, that was sure a good interview with Dave Grimm. Yeah. What a fascinating fellow, huh? Anything from mortgages and real estate to syndication to working on his avatars and that for LinkedIn. Incredible, but fascinating stuff. I could have listened to him all night. Yep. Yeah. So what did you take away uh, from some of the secrets to his success? Uh, I think the big thing that I took away from it, and he said this many times, got to a point where we were almost laughing about it, (laughs) that relationships are the most important part. And I think that's true in anything. I mean, anything you're doing at all, it's all about relationships with other folks. You know, you want to be able to put your best foot forward and and have that attitude and, and be the kind of person that people are interested in being around. Yeah, relationships. That's what it came down to for me. What about you, Rick? Did you come out there with anything else? Was there another point or something that stuck out to you? Yeah, I liked his, I think he said, give value to get. And not say to your giving to get, but it works that way. So if you know it works that way, just give value and then you're gonna, it's going to come back to you. I like that one. And then one of the other things I liked was when he was raising money on the phone, he was very good at listening for verbal cues. And I think that's a, a good salesman really listens to the customer. If you want to sell something to somebody, you've got to know what they want to buy. Right. And you're not going to, I had a friend who used to say, time to go call people who don't want to talk to me and sell them things they don't want to buy. Right? That's, a, that's a tough uphill climb, man. <laughs> not really what you want to be doing. You know, call people who want to talk to you and listen to them. Let them tell you what they need and then you can help them figure it out. Right. Right. So I think there's a lot to be said for that listening for verbal cues and listening to your client or your prospect on the phone and following their lead. Let them tell you what they need and then they'll, they'll lead you to the right spot. So I like that as well. Yeah. And I think Jock, you know, touched on that last, uh, the last podcast and he said, your job is just to meet the people's needs. Right. Yeah. Right. That's right. One thing that Dave said that I thought was really interesting was that uh, he never feels like it's a waste of his time or never feels like he's done a poor job. If he's helped somebody out, even if he hasn't made a sale, if he's helped somebody and he feels like the conversation they had helped that person with making a decision or put them on the right track or whatever the case was. It was a good use of his time. I love to hear that kind of thing because that's always the way I feel too. I talked to a lot of different people. Not everybody buys from me, but if they know what's available and they understand their options and they make a decision based on that, then I've done a good job for them. I've done a good service for them. So yeah, Dave's a, Dave's a good guy. Yeah. That syndication that they got going. um, So he is, I believe the, uh, one of the mastermind leaders in his that syndication group. And I think he does multifamily. So I haven't dialed into one of those meetings yet. I did dial into uh, one of the other general ones and it was pretty good. It was, they, they had a great team. They evaluated a great package and, you know, very, I thought it was very good. Yeah. I'm anxious to call in to listen to some of that as well. Uh, I always find that kind of deal analysis and all that kind of thing to be very interesting. Yeah, very good. And he doesn't uh, doesn't like to do a lot of reading, but it was interesting that he had this book called Caveman Chemistry that he recommended. So I'm going to look into that because uh, just the title sounds interesting. <laughs> very good. <laughs>
All right, Doug, do you want to take us out of here? Yeah, definitely. Thank you again, Dave, for being on the show tonight. We appreciate it. And uh, thanks for everybody for listening to the podcast. We hope you're enjoying it. If there's uh, any ideas or you'd like to be on the podcast, let us know. Otherwise, have a great evening. Look forward to having you on the next show. Thank you for listening to the Secret Sauce for Success show, where we find the secret ingredients for success. We all want to be successful in life. So let's break down the steps it takes to get there and learn from other people's journeys. We hope that through the stories you hear on our show, you will find success in your life.